You're listening to the Sleuth Podcast. Real private investigators here to help you find the truth when you need to know. Sharing sometimes shocking, sometimes heartwarming, and sometimes hilarious stories from the field. They keep it real. Interviews with experts bring you insights on how people leverage PIs in their lives and in their businesses. Licensed by the North Carolina Department of Public Safety. Here's your hosts, Jamie and Lindsay. Hey, we are back. (laughs) You're listening to the Sleuth Podcast. I am Lindsay. This is Jamie. We're private investigators here for you when you really need to know. It's so nice to be back. TGIF, the podcast room makes me happy. I feel like we, I don't know. can rest my head on these little. (laughs) <laughs> the fluffy wall, the, the egg crates on the wall. <laughs> Sound the giant pillow. <laughs> so we have a quiet, silent guest in the room, but he's not going to be silent anymore. Say hello. Hello. Ooh. Yes. I think I Every time we have men <laughs> Jamie in the room, loves your I'm voice. just like, <sighs> there he goes again. All right. So who are you? I am Melvin Moore. Melvin Moore. Fitness. That's so exciting because Jamie's been talking about you on the show for so long. I feel like I know you. I know. Because you've been my trainer for how long? Even though I haven't done anything in about six months. Beginning of 2018? Anyway, 2018? Yep, that's when I was super fluffy. And you fixed it. You were not fluffy. I don't remember you ever being fluffy. I carry it well. We talked about this already. Right. I worked hard. Yeah, 35 pounds. Mm-hmm. Wait, you lost 35 pounds? Yeah. Wow. That's good. That's a lot. I know. I worked hard. I don't want to work Chick-fil-A that hard. Can I can I do that without working all that hard? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I was about to say then. Yeah. It's yeah. just a 1,200 yeah. calorie diet according to Dr. Nauzardin. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's I love that show. Huh? That's what we want you to eat? Well, the bariatric surgeon, his name is Dr. Nauzardin. He does the Dr. Um, Dr. Now with the 600-pound life. Mm-hmm. And so he immediately puts them on a 1,200-calorie, high-protein, low-carb diet, like, immediately there's no questions about that happening i know people who have done like medi weight loss i mean they, they weren't 600 pounds but they were put on like 700 calories a day mm. like 1200 is a lot but that when you weigh nothing. 600 pounds maybe 1200 well when they're eating like 10,000 calories a day right or a or meal, a meal. <laughs> so their body shut down i've been to a nutritionist meeting with a client and she was i'm gonna say 411 460 was like a fat weight for her and the nutritionist said, um, you're only eating 1,200. I'd like to see you eating 1,700 because 1,200 is not healthy because of metabolism. It's pretty much going to crash. She huh. can lose 10, 15 pounds. But after that, the body's going to be like, wait a minute. We don't have food, so we have to hold on to the fat. Mm. We don't want to That's hold- my kind of diet. <laughs> hold on to let's, the fat. Let's just add 500 more calories in there <laughs> and lose weight. <laughs> Best way to go, eat as much as possible. Eat as much as possible while still losing weight. That way you can skip the plateaus. Ugh, plateaus, they suck. I live on a plateau. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> well, you don't look like you live on a plateau, so that's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's like, I'm not I feel like quite some sure. Some type of, of livestock. Like, there's no hills in my life. I just continuously stay the same. Walk on flat ground. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, All right, so let's talk about you, Melvin. Um, Jamie wrote down a couple little things about you. Maybe we can talk about some of these. So you've got over 10 years of experience in training. Yes. Who do you train? Who trained you? Um, most of my demographic <laughs> is you? women. I'm trying to lose weight, trying to scope their body, trying to build a butt, get healthier overall. 
but I do private training, small group training, and also online training too. Online training. That's so what I do. Online I training? Do, yeah. So what? can I tell? Sure. So he creates like a, there's an app that it creates the app for us and he puts the workout in and then you just do your workout according to however many what? days. And it has videos with each exercise. So. And you make that for each of your clients? Yeah, each of the online clients. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I they know, know that. everything that they need to do besides me standing there and making sure they do it. So. Right. That's so, much more appealing to me. So when I did mine, I did three months in person, mm-hmm. right? So I had to get up every, was it three <laughs> days a week? Yep. I did good. Mm-hmm. I only messed up like twice. So was it like 7 8? Yeah, we did like 7 a.m., like three oh. days a week. And I went in with him and then I did cardio or something on my other two days. And mm-hmm. then after my three months when I had hit the goal that I wanted, I moved to an online client. Now wow. I just go into the gym and my workout's already there. He uploads everything. We can communicate through the app and it's pretty awesome. I can see when she doesn't log in. or Yeah. <laughs> I'll hold you accountable. He's just looking a little blank right now. So so what did you say? Booty building? Jimmy mentioned something about butts. I have yeah, a good you butt. said it's a kind Sorry. of a specialty. <laughs> I've always liked working out my lower body more than a lot of the guys. So I kind of got a head start on it. And when I decided to be a personal trainer, a lot of the demographic of the clientele is women. So I made sure I learned about that early on. And then also I was a physical therapy assistant in the Army Reserve. So we learned about common problems with hips, with women and things like that, which also helped me to learn how to build the muscle. So A lot of frog pumping background. Is that what's called? Oh, frog yeah. pump. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Frog pump. Yeah. What? <laughs> That's the one where like your legs are. And, like your heels thrust. together. Yes. Yeah. And you're thrusting <laughs> in the gym while everybody's looking at you. But you know what? What he told me when we first started was I can't be worried about what people are looking at in the gym. You know, oh, who cares? And then after they receive the results, they're going to ask you to show them how to do it. Exactly. Oh. Nobody's yet asked me to train them yet, though. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have asked me, what am I doing? But I'm just like, just talk to tra- talk to the trainer. Talk to Melvin. He, he knows all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want somebody to ask me, you know, how to fix their butt. So you wouldn't have to, like, hump towards No, someone. no. I, you know, I, I, I put all the humps out there in, in front of everybody. It doesn't matter. I'm very good at earplugs in and eye contact zero. So, you know, I kind of just do my thing and... Move on. I feel like we're all pretty equipped at that at the gym. There's just certain times you're not supposed to make eye contact with people. Like when they're using that weird like machine that goes with their thighs. (laughs) Yes. Like there's no, you should not make any eye contact. It shouldn't be a thing. And you shouldn't look at them while they're doing that either. I mean, that's, it's rude. What is that thing called? What's that machine called? It's a hip abductor. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Yes. Yeah. You shouldn't look at them and they shouldn't look at you. Right. Anytime you there see are rules. Machine. Somebody's all, right but there's on only the like side. one of those in the gym usually. So somebody's always like hanging no, around trying like to figure out. One. Yes. No, because there's two of those machines. Yeah, yeah, but only they only go one direction. Mm-hmm. And some people only like to do one direction. And so they're just like waiting for you to get off. But usually I think <laughs> with your <laughs> <laughs> I want to laugh too, Joe. <laughs> I was laughing. <laughs> but like one of them, it's you have the ever. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the exercises you have to do like the abductor and the adductor, right? At yeah. the same time, it's a no. Mm, no, well, you, I don't you think only that's work on one muscle at a time. But you, on some machines, you can switch it to. In which my workout, you've had me doing both. It's like a push and then a pull. Right, so sometimes the pads, the resistance is in the inside of your thighs. So you're pushing them together. And sometimes it's on the outside of thighs, and you're right. pushing your legs apart. Yeah, so right. like the the inner thing right there. I actually get a kick out of it sometimes because some people think it's weird to see a guy on it, 
So I'm kind of like see a guy on it. So I'm right. like the hardcore guy. Like what you gonna We're say? Looking. So like so what? Yeah, <laughs> making intense eye contact the whole time. Who gonna check? I see those legs. His great legs. I told her today. I'm sorry, I had to say this. I told her today. I was like, normally Melvin always has his little workout shorts on, so you get to see those quads. But you won't be able to see them today because it's really cold outside. So just imagine. Had on pants in like a year. Yeah. I mean, it's snowing, so <laughs> it's probably a good idea. <laughs> so you mentioned Army Reserves, right? So mm-hmm. are you still in the Army Reserves? I'm on inactive status right now. Okay. Um, because of my business, because going away every month, my unit was in Virginia. So I have to leave, then I'll have to, like, cancel sessions. And a yearly, um, so often we'll have training away. So it would take me away from my business. So right, work my way out of it, so. I could protect my livelihood. Nice. Okay, that's cool. So what about, I also see on this list, I don't know what this means, law enforcement tactical team experience. Uh, yes, I was a deputy in, in Virginia for about um, five years in Portsmouth, oh. Virginia. My main job was working in corrections, working in jail, but I had several different positions, and I was also on the tactical team, SWAT team. So wait a minute. Oh. You get to, like, if you have a, an unruly. Jamie loves jails. I know. I'm, I was like... <laughs> So if you get a, an unruly inmate, inmate mm-hmm. thank you, that they wanted, like, say they were throwing feces Wait, in Virginia, or something out the door. Are they called yes. offenders in Virginia? Mm. Well, inmates and inmates. Are they inmates or offenders? I, inmate is my first Or a trustee. Oh, What's that mean? In our jail, that was someone who had, like, a job. So oh. they had, like, oh. a nonviolent oh. fence, and they was, like, right. a professional sweeper or cook <laughs> or something like right. that. Professional floor cleaner. Librarian. <laughs> but so if you had an inmate that was like throwing feces out, because, mm-hmm. you know, when I watch 60 That's Days normal. In or Locked Up or something like that, right? They've thrown feces and then they send like the SWAT team guys to go in. And mm-hmm. is that what you did? Yes. It wasn't as necessary in our jail because they would just send the regular guys right. if they were able to, which what most of the call time that we were. A cell? What is it mm-hmm. when you go in? Uh, extraction. Extraction. Yes. yes. Getting you out. Right. So extraction. <laughs> but they, they usually use like several officers, right? Like four or yes, five people. Well, we make sure that there was always more officer, officers than the inmates on the inside. So usually they would call for assistance and have pretty much the whole team, if they were available, come up. And then we would go in and so do y'all what we were like the do. muscle when they so when they saw y'all call come in, they were like, God, we don't have time to you know. What happens if they're covered anymore. in shit? <laughs> Uh, that yeah. happens though, right? It just sucks. You might have to find a trash bag. Sometimes just wrap them up. <laughs> sometimes we would go get like extra um, get in this bag mattresses <laughs> from like a uh, empty bunk and like use it as like armor. Like uh, oh, yeah, some times when they had the shields, we used the mattress as a shield. Oh my god, they're covered in poop. Yeah. That's so scary. That. Yeah. Nobody's ever thrown any poop at you, have they? No, but I've seen it happen, and know a couple of plenty of officers that it happened. It was normal. Yeah, I forgot they, they didn't like them. They call it like a. Cocktail, Molotov yeah. cocktail. Uh-huh. And they'll try to throw it in your eyes and stuff like yeah. that. It's like Only poo th- and pee and, mm-hmm. you know, it wants to be liquidy. And then so then when they come down there to say, hey, you know, you need to get your tray. <laughs> or they <laughs> might like, have like hepatitis. <laughs> See, and they just make sure they get it right in the corner of your eye. Oh, God. They get it right in your mouth. And, uh, uh, sucks. Close your mouth. Yeah. Don't go in there with your mouth wide open. <laughs> I got spit on once. In Did the you? Face. That was all of the worst time. Did you almost uh, kill him? Um, Did it, yes. somebody have to hold you back? I was by myself. It was very interesting. So the guy was mentally ill. Oh. I knew it. He never gave me any problems. Right. I was walking him back to his cell. He was in a private cell. 
the guys were teasing him. Once uh-huh. I got him in the cell, as soon as I turned the key, he had a flashback. He said, he was uh-huh. like, fuck you too, and spit in my face. Uh-huh. I turned the key, opened the door, <laughs> <laughs> and then I saw my whole career flash before my eyes. Right. And I was like, oh, well, I was already safe. All I had to do was walk out. Right. As if a, like an officer would tell you, mm-hmm. um, anybody else. So I couldn't really justify going back in. Right. And he was mentally ill. So I was like, I might get my ass beat. Um, <laughs> he might be scared and just like, so well. I could get my ass beat and I could lose my job. Well, and you were by yourself. And yeah. So that wouldn't have been smart anyway. So it was like, uh, it's not worth it. So you just closed the door and locked the key. Yeah. And I That's couldn't so take it personal because I knew job. he was mentally ill. Right. So that helped a little bit, but I wanted to hit somebody. So yeah. you did pre-Army Reserves? Yes. I have a question about the reserves because we were talking about this on another episode and directly related to physical fitness. I had a friend many years ago who he had an issue with maintaining his fitness when he wasn't at work all the time. Is that something that you see or that do you have clients like that? Definitely. I don't have any clients in the reserves, but when I was in the reserves, I've seen several that say I joined in 2015. Some have not passed the PT test yet. <laughs> what? So they aren't the PT tests like regular? Supposed to be. I guess I'm telling secrets right now, but right. yeah, it <laughs> definitely okay. happens. And then I guess with the just the population now of how many people actually qualify can pass the physical fitness test, I'm I'm just assuming they're more lenient because of that. I've seen a lot of stuff slide. So what would happen if somebody failed their physical fitness test? They're supposed to be put on basically like probation. Until um, you get fit. Yeah, you like get assigned like a, a sergeant to come and kick your ass and make you run. And in my unit, they did like extra PT. So say if we did it once per drill weekend, which is only once a month on that Saturday, mm-hmm. you would maybe have to do another session on Sunday or extra session Saturday. They make like everybody that. do it to motivate the person who was behind. Supposed to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it you can thank this guy, everybody. We're working out again. <laughs> I have a brother in the army and I remember at one point um, he was something to do with his job where he was being assigned soldiers who were failing their fitness tests and he was so pissed off. He was like, I have to go run laps with a fat person. (laughs) And like, of course they're not fat. Of course they're like way more physically fit than, you know, the normal person. But he was mean like that. He was like, I'm going (laughs) to. And it also depends on your job. So I was on the medical side because I was in physical therapy. So I was there with doctors People um, who were nurses in their day job. They may not have time Um, to really work out like that. So they didn't join the military to, like, kill anyone or do anything (laughs) crazy. So they had no desire to work out. They would do anything, hide, and... But, like, what if you need to work? I mean, you need to go to war or something. Yeah. That's thing, yeah. They're going to be like, well, I'll be behind so-and-so. I'm just going to sit over here. (laughs) Let me know if you have an injury. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm there. When are you, have you ever been called to war? And, and this no. has absolutely nothing to do with no, working out. But How many years have you Could been? Could you still be called? Yes. Really? Even if yeah. you're not active? Mm-hmm. It would have to be like something crazy, a draft or something like that. But they still reserve the right to call me back. Damn. Wow. Yeah, Kids I don't guess join. I just don't really know anything about the reserves. Yeah, so hopefully no crazy tweets go out. Right. <laughs> Safe. Right. We have a loose tweeter on the loose. <laughs> a friend of mine calls it Twitter Tourette's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Sorry. <laughs> All right. So we're going to jump into our new and noteworthy section for today. So I kind of, we're going to talk about uh, 
the sad situation um, of the little girl named Faye Sweatlick. So Thursday, this past Thursday, police found the body of six-year-old Faye Sweatlick, who had been missing since last Monday. They found the little girl's body. Um, then they found the body of 30-year-old Cody Taylor, who was, I believe, her neighbor, and he was found in the same neighborhood. And so the autopsy showed that she died from asphyxiation only hours after she was abducted. And they basically figured out that this neighbor, Cody Taylor, abducted and killed her and then moved her to the woods during the night or early morning hours. Sad story. I was talking to Lindsay about this yesterday. I guess we were talking about show prep. And you were telling me about this book that you were reading called Last Child in the Woods and just how to protect our kids. I don't quite have this concern as much as you will coming up, right? Because you have a two-year-old. My kid is almost about to drive. Dear Lord, let him hurry up. He should be driving shortly. And so I don't have to worry about bus drops-offs and stuff like this and him not being out and about. So tell me about this child in the woods deal. All right. So first of all, I just want to say, I think one of the reasons that we're covering the story is because these are the types of like worst case scenario stories that people hate to hear, but it gets that news coverage because we can all, whether or not you have, you know, children, you might have a little niece, you know, a little cousin, a little friend. Nope. Okay. No kids, no possible. It's still such a sad story. I mean, no matter how you end up relating to it, it, it's hard to talk about, but it's reality. Right. This is not one of those things that received a bunch of news coverage because it's juicy in any way. It receives the news coverage because it's heartbreaking and it's tragic. So I think it's worth talking about because, like Jamie said, this is I've thought about this many times. My little daughter is almost three. She'll be three this month. And I fear for her playing out in her yard. We have we're on an acre of land and we have plenty of space. But that's you guys have heard me on other episodes talk about my desire for a fenced in yard and that's part of it I have a dog we were just talking about Marley and Marley is she's a guard dog and there's a reason for that yes, I mean there's just dog. I can't have her around she Jamie she, she doesn't like Jamie me. yeah <laughs> she's been a few you? people she's a we think that there's probably some pit bull in her some hound she's dog some lab who knows she looks very much like a, a lab hound mix she's pretty she's really pretty I love my dog but she she's, growls well, you thought she, she's fierce, she's blind, blinding, getting blind. She's about Losing 10 eyesight. Yeah, she's about 10 years old. So that with older dogs that were aggressive to begin with, I mean, the aggression can be upped. And we definitely had issues with that when my child was, you know, a baby. But we started letting the baby feed the dog and things have gotten better since. She drops Cheerios and goldfish and such. The dog loves that. So they're friends now. And I, I think I would just feel a lot more comfortable with Leanne playing in a fenced-in yard with a guard dog. Any little deterrent that she can give because you can't help it. You guys hear me talk about these mom groups all the time that I'm in. And I can't tell you how many stories that I've read of a mom who would be like Briar Creek, which is not that far from here. Right. And she'd say, I was at Target today or I was at the movie theater and I had my child in the shopping cart. And a woman came and put both her hands on the shopping cart and tried to take it into the next aisle with my child. And in the car seat didn't that happen the lady stole the baby and tried to run out the store or something and the yeah that was an apex yeah that's scary. you know and then there there's a target in raleigh where this has been happening a lot and the the old navy in crossroads shopping center which is a mile from where we are right now that mm-hmm. happened the year leanne was born so not even that long ago and you don't you can try to prepare for these things but it's the ugly nasty reality of the world that we live in and i don't know that this is necessarily in my opinion becoming more of an epidemic I think we are becoming more aware definitely 
I think we're becoming more aware. We we have social media that we didn't have many years ago. And even if we did have it years ago, we didn't use it then the way we use it now. Right. We're just a lot more connected with the population as a whole. So these abductions, murders, rapes, things like that. When I worked security, we were in Mini City and that little girl was picked up across the street from a convict, basically, and he raped her multiple times, stole several cars, killed the man who owned the shop in Mini City all in the same day before he went to jail. Damn. Yeah, and she was only like 13. So, I mean, these things happen to us, and the fucked up thing is it's not uncommon. That's heavy. Mm, Definitely. From what y'all do and from being in law enforcement, especially working in a jail, and I worked in a the jail that was in the same city I was born and raised in. Mm. So for those five years, I was seeing everything that was going on around me that I had no idea. Right. So from neighbors, people that I went to school with, my dad's friends. I saw who yeah. was a rapist, who was beating their wife, um, mm. who was a drug addict that just stabbed somebody down the street for me. And I had no idea the news didn't cover it. And right. And so it's, I have a certain level of paranoia every time I walk out, I'm looking around. Some people might not understand, but. I've been exposed. That's Yeah, and it takes that exposure. That's part of accepting the fact that this isn't a news story from far away. This is every city. This is normal. It's fucked up, but it's normal. The people who do these things are not normal. They're very sick people. And kind of like what you were saying with that inmate, I don't know what his charge was or what his situation was, but you could do something heinous like that and be considered mentally ill. Before, during, after, it doesn't matter. That mentally ill tag gets put on there. and Sometimes. Well, see, okay, so I had a conversation with a friend about, about this whole mentally ill thing. And, you know, even though you do something as horrible as abducting a child and killing them, doesn't necessarily mean that you are mentally disturbed or mentally disabled. You might be crazy, but does that, like... I don't know. I disagree. Somebody, I, I think it really just depends on the person's definition of disabled. I mean, well, the legal definition, if you're still like in your right mind and able to like make good and cho- good choices or understand what's wrong and right, you don't get that mentally disabled tag. And so I think that, I mean, or ill, you know, to me, disabled means that you, you mentally are ill. Well, you're break down the word. You're disabled. You're unable well, to you lack you disabled, but you're you're lacking the ability to function as the rest of us do, as the the healthy society as a whole. And, of course, nobody's entirely healthy. Everybody mm-hmm. has their ailments in such way. But and Some people's minds are a little bit They do, and I, I kind of feel like this Cody Taylor. I mean, come on, man. So if, if you look at it, the long story short is that the child was dropped off by the school bus in front of or nearby her house, whatever, and before she made it inside is when she was abducted. So this person was her neighbor. More than likely, he's been watching her. He's aware of the pattern in the neighborhood, aware of where the caregivers are at any given point, aware you know of how your neighborhood is. I mean, you know what's unusual. You know a pattern. So right. he had enough familiarity to be able to pull off what he did. And what he did was he abducted a child, killed her, and then all all that they really give timeline-wise is – the generalized time of death to the generalized, and they, I think it's interesting that the media seems to be focused on the generalized time that the body was moved, right? So to me, that that kind of points to some she, sign of 
remorse, regret, I don't know, the oh shit moment. I just oh, well, killed definitely. somebody. What well, do I do with the body? So well, what was the point of the murder to begin with? He's sick. That's the point of the murder. Exactly. I mean, okay, so let's let's start because I think we can answer some of our questions here. So authorities have released how six-year-old South Carolina girl who disappeared February 10th from her front yard was killed. The coroner says that the results show fate sweat Nick died by asphyxiation, was killed only a few hours after she was abducted. So they found Faye's body Thursday morning in a wooded area, not far from her house, but they believe that she had not been there long. So, of course, whenever they find a body out in an area or whatever, they can tell if the person was killed in that location or if they were brought to that location and then left. So that's kind of how they, I guess, had the timeline for she had to been killed a few right, hours after she had been I mean, she had been moved after death. Right. So they believe that Faye had not been in the location for a very long time. And the coroner confirmed that and added that Faye was not killed in the area. So the coroner who normally, I don't know, and maybe I don't pay too much attention to coroners in, you know, these type of cases. But it seems like she was very affected by the fact that this little girl had been killed and that she had to do the autopsy. So she said, my heart, like so many others, breaks for you and no parent should ever go through such pain. The autopsies for the first grader and her neighbor, Cody Taylor, were completed on Saturday. But the officials said the preliminary results will de- delayed in order to give the family privacy and time to process. So that's good. Sometimes I feel like people are not. Well, especially when the media gets a hold of your case like that and starts blasting all the details and you haven't processed anything. Right. And hell, I'm still looking for my child and not wanting to believe this. So police right. believe that their deaths were connected after they found something that belonged to Faye in, trailers, in uh, Taylor's trash can. They found a polka dot boot and a soup ladle with freshly dug dirt. That's on what it. gets me. Just the image of the soup ladle and dirt. I mean, that's what my daughter plays with. Well, I'm thinking her like sandbox was and it? her little toys and... <sighs> who puts a soup ladle in the dirt a child i know it's terrible so long after yeah. the not long after the chief of police found the girl's body in the woods officers found taylor dead in his home during the investigation detectives tested the dna from both scenes and results showed that it was a match that kind of makes me feel like there was sexual mm-hmm. something there so police had contacted taylor and interviewed him last wednesday so that that was the oh shit moment they came to his house wow. and interviewed him because he was the neighbor. And, of course, she made it off the bus, right, but never mm-hmm. made it into the house. And so they interviewed him on Wednesday, and then they found him dead Thursday. He probably knew that they weren't – he wasn't going to make it out of this. So that's there. Um, do you have that the mom saw her at round three? That was on one of the videos I watched. No. So tell me what you saw. Um, one of the videos I watched, maybe on Fox News, something like that, it said that the mom last saw her at 345 after getting the bus somewhere around there. Right. And then they showed that she reports of her notifying the police at 5. So I was kind of stuck on that. Like, where so was For an hour gap? and 15 minutes. Yeah. What were you doing? What happened? Yeah. Well, it's not even what were you doing, mom. It was what happened because... Well, what happened? Again, did, did the baby come inside? Did she go inside after school and like put her bags down and everything and then go outside to play? Well, probably because they said the little girl got off the bus and was last seen playing in her case front yard. So she probably went inside, dropped her stuff, came back outside, was playing in the yard. And mom probably just went off and did, you know, whatever she was doing in the house, not really paying attention to mm-hmm. what was going on while the little girl was playing in the front yard. Meanwhile, you have this fucking sicko living next door who is watching and monitoring what's happening with this little girl. And he just snatched her up. 
I mean, it's terrible. So, of course, he died by suicide. So he's a punk and took his own life. And now we will never really be able to figure out why he did this. I mean, obviously, he was not out there killing folks every day. So who knows what happened? You know, right. I mean, that's when you talk about this mental illness that may could have come into place or something could have happened to him within the last week or so. And this is how he chose to respond. So during this investigation, they had more than 200 officers who searched for over three days for the little girl, knocking on every door in the neighborhood and checking every vehicle. Their goal was to search every home in Churchill Heights and talk to every resident, which meant going to more than 280 homes, churches and businesses. And then they received almost 300 leads from the hotline that was set up and over 756 megabytes of video. Some, and I don't know if this is not obviously not on the article that I was looking at, but I saw something about them not issuing an Amber Alert. Why? Right? So I was like, right. why didn't they issue this Amber Alert? I mean, the child was gone, right? What do you need? I mean, I, would, I just assume if the child is missing, you should be able to issue an Amber Alert. Well, Come to find out, Amber Alert is like a federal system. Right, so when an Amber Alert is issued, it's not just statewide, right? Does this right. go national? It must It must be, because it says uh, a network of plans across the country is how they use the Amber Alert to minimize potentially deadly delays because of confusion among various jurisdictions. So like you were talking about, it's nice that we have social media because the social media allows us to keep in contact with people immediately, and we can... But because there's social media, you know, we are able to kind of communicate with each other and kind of let people know what's going on. But because this is a federal program, you know, they have rules, right? So you can't just say, oh, my kid's missing and I need you to issue an Amber Alert. So there are five things that allow them to issue an Amber Alert. Right. And it's kind of listed as like guidance designed to achieve a uniform interoperable network of plans across the country and also to maximize potentially deadly delays because of confusion among other jurisdictions. And so here's our little list. There's five things. There's in order to issue your Amber Alert, like officially, there's a reasonable belief by law enforcement that an abduction has occurred. Law enforcement, keyword. Because mm -hmm. we have people that come to us and they want us to help them either locate their kids or locate these people. But if the police doesn't believe that's happened, you're out for the Amber Alert. Right. Right. Yeah. You can't okay. just say, oh, my kid's gone. Because I, we have so many broken families out here, you know, that mom could have the kid, dad could have the kid. The child was in the custody of dad and dad let so-and-so take the kid somewhere. Like, you just can't all of a sudden say, oh, my kid is missing. I need an Amber Alert. All right, so number two is the law enforcement agency believes that the child is in imminent danger of serious bodily injury or death. So I guess that, again, goes along with, well, if parents are separated and, you know, Aunt Joan or whatever comes over and picks up the kid, Aunt Joan's fine, everybody says that's okay, that's probably where she is, you're out for your Amber Alert. Right. Right. But I think it's, I wonder what happened in this situation because we don't hear anything about her family. Like, we don't know what sweat licks family was like was it just mom at the house was mom right. married was dad not home you know what was their situation we're not getting any of that and I feel like and again like you were saying mom didn't call the police right until like five o'clock mm -hmm. so maybe she didn't say the right thing for them to feel like it was 
worthy of an Amber Alert? I mean, I don't know. Well, anything could negate an abduction along those lines. You could just say, oh, well, no, I don't think somebody took her. I think maybe what if they had a big wooded lot in their yard? Maybe. Yeah. I think she just got lost in the woods. You know, or so friends. here you've got a team searching in the wilderness as opposed to considering a possible abduction. All opinions expressed on this podcast do not constitute legal advice. Instead, all information, content, and materials available in this podcast are for general informational purposes only. The views expressed by participants are in their individual capacities only, not those of Blackman Detective Services. Listeners of this podcast should contact their attorneys to obtain advice with respect to any particular legal matter. Only your individual attorney can provide assurances that the information expressed in this podcast is applicable or appropriate to your particular situation. Imagine my voice reading your company's advertisement on air for all the followers and subscribers of all the shows recorded at Podcast Carry. Your advertisement can be customized to say whatever you want said about you and your business. We would love for you to sponsor our show and support the sleuths and also advertise your services and messages at the same time. So you also have to have enough descriptive information about the victim and the abduction for law enforcement to issue the Amber Alert to assist in the recovery of the child, right? So knowing knowing what they look like, knowing what they're wearing, last thing they were seen. They also have to be 17 years or younger. And lastly, the child's name and other critical data elements, including the child abduction flag have been entered into the National Crime Information Center NCIC system. So NCIC, we love that. Right. So I mean, that's that's that seems more not like a that seems like something that's that would a happen technical after like some time. step yeah. in the process. Right. So really, as long as they're under seventeen years old, and you believe that they have been abducted. And you have a good description of your victim. And not only do you think they've been abducted, but that they're in obvious, undeniable, imminent danger. Right. Of injury or death. So not just gone. So why didn't she fall under this category? I'm wondering if it has something to do with the complaint, like you said. Well, they probably had no idea it was a neighbor. Right? Like, you don't think immediately, oh, my neighbor took the kid. My first thought would have been somebody driving by. I mean, just picturing, you know, my house and the way it's set up, I would think somebody just drove by and scooped her. I'm trying to remember the last time I got an Amber Alert. I feel like I got them a lot in like 2018, 2019 on my iPhone, and I haven't seen one in a long time. Right. So. Probably because of all these rules, right? I but mean, they used to come with descriptions like child missing like a, uh-huh. in a blue Toyota last seen on I-40. I feel like know? I see them more on like the highway yeah. marquee signs than I do the the text message. I, I get more But that's at that point, alerts. it's in NCIC. So that's why... It's That's cool why to it's like on the highway. Post, right. But the thing is, you have to know information about the victim and the abduction. And you have to believe that the child is in imminent danger. And I just, and unfortunately, sometimes I just don't think that law enforcement takes people seriously. And they have the hard and difficult job of deciding, is this a real danger or is this person just mad? I mean, hell, we right. work but with... That's what mine I doesn't get. go to the worst thing. Like, I lost my kid in a grocery store once and I Same. was ready to call the cops, but they were just on the other side of the store, Same. wandered off a little bit. Yes. Yeah, but I'd be willing to... I feel like it's kids and, like, shouldn't you care? But then I think we have But you know what, parents. though? This is... Why was the Amber Alert not issued? You had 200 police officers looking at 200 businesses, and you got video, photos, everything, and there's no Amber Alert? First of all, the Amber Alert necessarily wouldn't have helped all that much because it was a person living, like, next door. Right. But the fact that the Amber Alert system failed. Ah. 
Well, she was, so what I'm confused about is they already knew she had passed away and they found her body. Then she's not in imminent danger any longer. Well, they didn't know that she had, they didn't know that she had died shortly after she was abducted until they did, right, but until they did the autopsy. So that kind of let them know the time. And so we're getting this article after that initial stuff came out. So now they're like, okay, we've done the autopsy. We understand that she was killed. You know, obviously, right. Because, I mean, that had been days. So they said the girl was missing on what, like Tuesday? On Thursday, they found her body, but she went missing like the Tuesday. 10th, which was like Tuesday. Yeah. So it had been two or three days. So you would know that once you get to the autopsy, right? But you would have no idea before. I mean, really, as a parent, you're just hoping that your child is okay. You don't want to just auto- automatically assume that they're dead. I mean, in that short amount of time, you... I and mean, it's really not that long of a time for the what you were saying between 3.45 and 5 o'clock when she called. I mean, when I was a kid, I remember I got lost in the woods for like six right. hours. And when I got back, my parents like didn't notice or care. And I was like, <laughs> right, I've been right. lost. <laughs> <laughs> I've been wandering around. I couldn't find my way around. They're like, oh, we're about to eat. You know? <laughs> Go wash up. <laughs> well, so look, that's, that's this book that Jamie mentioned. So I actually, I think I've said on another show, I'm not a big reader, but my dad gave me this book a long time ago because it's just seems kind of in line with things I'm always talking about and things that I believe. And it's been sitting around and I decided the other night to start open it up and actually read something. So <laughs> and I, I'm not a finisher of books. So I too often start them and don't finish them. But, you know, it's it's kind of a strange coincidence that I began reading this right about the time that this case started. So this book is called Last Child in the Woods, and it's written by um, an author called Richard Louvre. And the book is about saving our children from nature deficit disorder. And I, I really haven't gotten all that far, but what was what so is striking. nature deficit disorder? Well, that's kind of something that the author just kind of coined that term, right? Okay. Kids what don't play outside. Kids don't play outside. Right. And that has a, that has a reaching effect on our lives as, as adults, as individuals, as a society. And that's kind of what he's talking about. So I, I just kind of bookmarked a little bit in the first couple of pages that really stood out to me when we began talking about this mm-hmm. case. And I remembered in the book. So I'm going to read that to you real quick. So Last Child in the Woods, the first couple of pages. The author says that nobody in the 1950s talked about acid rain or holes in the ozone layer or global warming. But I knew my woods and my fields. I knew every bend in the creek and dip in the beaten dirt paths. I've wandered those woods even in my dreams. A kid today can likely tell you about the Amazon rainforest, but not about the last time he or she explored the woods in solitude or lay in a field listening to the wind or watching the clouds move. Not that long ago, summer camp was a place where you camped, hiked in the woods, and learned about plants and animals or told firelight stories about ghosts or mountain lions. As not likely today, summer camp is a weight loss camp or a computer camp. And I was just thinking about those excerpts when we were talking about this. And it, it's so true because even in my acre of land, I don't let my child play outside. But in my generation, I guess, I'm not even 30 yet. But when I was a child, we had land like that. And I was outside every day. And I think I, I was raised slightly, I don't know, unusually. We would spend a week to a month camping at a time. Ooh. And I was fine. I was totally fine. Nothing ever happened to me. I played with animals and plants and dirt. I would walk for miles by myself. I would boat and swim and my mother would build never shit. Have that. And that would have never been my. I would catch things and bring them home and keep them as pets. And like, <laughs> I mean, I was like a little wild child, but that was that was normal for me. And you know, listening to my dad talk about. So you go one generation further, and he grew up doing the same thing. He would be in high school, and his parents would just give him a little boat, and he would just boat for miles and miles and miles and you know when you grow up that way you begin to 
you might be on the water, but you know your way back. You know, and I, I'm afraid that the way I'm raising my child now, if she were to walk into her own backyard, she'd get lost. And it's because of my fear that somebody's going to drive by and scoop her up. Mm-hmm. Mm. I don't know, I'm not that outdoorsy. So, <sighs> have you guys heard the argument that people make about, like, basically the 24-hour news cycle? Like, it's always been this bad, but we just didn't know the volume of stories. And because mm-hmm. you hear every once in a while... Because I feel the same way with my kids. Like, there's no way I'm comfortable with them having the amount of freedom I had as I was a kid. Right. I'd jump on my bike, and I'd be on Friday, and I'd come back on Sunday. And yeah. I'd been, like, five miles away. We'd camp at the reservoir. Wow. And then we'd yeah. go over to another kid's house. And as long as I called my mom wherever I stopped, like, if I called at that kid's house, yeah. said, hey, I'm here. I'm going to be here for the next couple hours, and we're probably mm-hmm. going to do this. She was fine. We didn't have cell phones. We didn't have any of that right. stuff. I'm talking, I was 13, 15, they somewhere just, in there. So, I would never let my kids do that. So <laughs> me, and Mel, me and Melvin are both like, what? What? <laughs> do, okay, but, that but, type of child? but think about, did you have the rule, streetlights come on, you go home? No, I wasn't even allowed out. What? After I got to a certain age, you could probably say teenager is when I start exploring more. I could explore my yard, which wasn't but so much in my area. It's a little more city. Definitely streetlights, but I had to be in... Even if I was just in the yard, if the streetlights came on, but I wasn't leaving like like view of the front yard. Even right. if I went out in the street, yeah, I always had to be um, in eyesight of my mom and in like my I area. My mom would say things like that if we were at home, but if we were camping or something, I don't know where she was. I don't know where I was. I was just yeah. wandering, yeah. and I, I was fine. From a terrible no, area in Portsmouth, Virginia. So if you were to see someone jogging, you possibly would think they were running from the police. So. <laughs> <laughs> For me to just be riding my bike, it was it's gonna get stolen. So yeah, don't don't leave here. If I can't see you, you can't go. Right. So I think yeah. a lot of that has to do with the environment. I grew up pretty country, like out in Michigan. There were eight hundred people in my town. So oh. like I would ride my bike to Taco Bell just because I wanted Taco Bell. But There's that's Taco Bell again. That's seven miles away. <laughs> you know, it's like that's a long. It's way. a whole that's thing. A long way. It's a whole day trip. But it's like whatever. I'm not doing anything today. You know, it's right, Saturday. Right. No, I mean, I'm not saying I grew up in, like, a very rural area. I was in Greensboro. I was in fucking Greensboro. And then when I was six, I moved to Cary. Like, this was, like, if you're not from here, Greensboro, I mean, it's it's regular. It's also urban. It's a little bit of everything. I mean, our lots were, they weren't acre lots. They were maybe three quarters of an acre or half an acre. I don't know. I don't know. Some of them were smaller. But, I mean, it was. I had a paranoid mother, so I wasn't going anywhere. If I wasn't like right there with her, I didn't go. Spent a lot of time at the credit union and like <laughs> learning how to do I feel like maybe this this Amber Alert system might rely slightly upon that entire mindset because for one of the what what was this five requirements for it to to say that you believe that an abduction has occurred and that's number 1. Yeah. So my first thing was immediately that I feel like it's a big possibility that somebody would rule out, oh, oh, she does this all the time. She's fine. She's just seven miles away at Taco Bell or, you know what I mean? By law enforcement. So that that's the thing to me because at home, your mom may think, well, she doesn't normally go off, you know, but law enforcement may right. say, well, does she have friends who have cars? Right. Maybe they right. took her off somewhere. I just feel like that entire system is broken, and maybe the Amber Alert wouldn't have necessarily helped in the situation, but it's... it's Well, it, no, it wasn't. This guy, he abducted this girl to kill her. He intended on killing her as soon as he got her, and then he tried to go back to his regular life, probably until the police came and knocked on the door. And I kind of see both sides from being a civilian to law enforcement, because even when you're doing training, they tell you and show you statistics like... 
3% of the calls that you get are actual emergencies. So on one aspect, you just get kind of numb to it normally. Right. And then it's like you, like I have been running to help someone before and almost broke my finger to find out they just, I don't know, they couldn't, the trash can lid was stuck. You know, like it's just some crazy example, but it's it's stuff like that. So it's it's interesting from both sides. But then also I know from being a police officer that there's been time where an inmate said he was thought he was going to get beat up. I didn't believe him because he's always crying wolf. And then he got smacked in the head or something. I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry. So it's it's kind of 50-50 from my perspective. But yeah. Random question. This just, I have ADD. I'm sorry. So. What are your thoughts on the differences between you've not ever worked corrections or law enforcement in North Carolina, have you? No. What are your thoughts, though, on the difference between the Virginia prison system and our own? From what I see, heard and read, all of them are broken. I don't see any rehabilitation for the majority of them. The inmates? Yes. Mm -hmm. Is that what you're direction you yeah I think of the my general thought I'm pretty ignorant I could definitely be wrong (laughs) my general thought though with the very little that I do know about both North Carolina and Virginia prison systems is that Virginia seems a little bit more impenetrable but I do see a lot of inmate blogs like if you look up Virginia inmate you can find several of their blogs and they're achieving this from a cell so I think also, like, their spelling's pretty good, so I think what they've done is, like, written letters, and it's been translated by a relative and put onto, like, WordPress or something. But looking through those, it's it's kind of crazy, the differences, and, like, I don't personally know anybody other than phone calls I've made to Virginia prisons, but I do have friends in corrections here, and it just kind of seems like there's some type of difference between here and there, and, like, in, in our world, in PPSB, so that's the board that governs private investigators, security officers, guard Mm -hmm. dogs, security guard and patrol, but it's the state board, Mm -hmm. right? We're governed by the state, but it's privately funded and that's why they charge us out the ass. So that part sucks. Hopefully the state will one day wake up and start funding people like us, but Virginia is different. So their, their department of corrections kind of encompasses more of people like us, whereas we're more private here in North Carolina. Yeah, but I've definitely seen a lot of the even the if it's not a private place, prison is the private businesses and have contracts with it. So I'm watching inmates buy five hundred dollars of commissary and they're getting like two honey buns, three packs of ramen noodles and they're some selling pickles. That. And I'm like, This is that costs you a lot of money. Serious business right here. Like, y'all have way more money than I do. It's like uh Wow. Well, they use that to trade for drugs. That's yeah, what I learned on locked up. All right. We got to get to it because <laughs> I didn't realize that the time is flying by. It's it been good. So let's talk about you, Melvin. Let's talk about workouts and your thing. What's your form of working out and what what do you What's your main focus, focus on? Thank you. I guess you could say aesthetics is the first focus. But because of my background, I value being functional. So I don't believe in just looking good and you can't move. You can't defend yourself right. and anything like that. So you can say my specialty is helping people look good, but I also also make them healthy mentally and physically with making sure they have a good foundation. Some people I'm training and I may be rehabbing their shoulder, rehabbing their knees to help them have a good foundation and they don't know it. But right. also I believe that's an important part in order to help them 
build their butt because if your hips are not working properly and because of your knees or your ankle, if I rehab that ankle, your movement patterns can improve, which can help the development of your muscles and things like that. Right. Some muscles compensate for others. Right. right. But I, I try not to get nerdy with it. So I try to make it in the simplest, easiest way to remember so people don't like get bored with it and things like that. Yeah, too much information. Just show me how to yeah. work out. <laughs> Fix it. Fix and my I'm, butt. <laughs> and also I'm not a, as a nutrition nerd, as some people would think, I'm all about, definitely about being healthy. But some people come to me and, yeah, I've been eating flax seeds and all this <laughs> other stuff and a vegan diet. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'm not doing that, but... <laughs> I'm, I'm all works. about listening to the body. I believe that the body tells us, gives us a lot of information, but most people are not self-aware to listen to it. Right. My body processes meat fine. Some people, when they eat meat, their body's telling them to get this stuff the hell out of me, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so I'm all about listening to that, even from the mental state. From I believe that the, the gut is the second brain. So sometimes what you eat can affect your mental health. I may be able to get away with it, but some people, they are depressed and right. things like that. So, Well, like I told you whenever we were kind of, because I'm not on it like I should be, right? But I told him, I said, I feel kind of like sad. Like I just have, I don't have any energy or want to want to work out. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it has to do with the food that I'm eating because I'm not feeding myself well. I'm not mm-hmm. feeding my brain well. And so my body is just like... Who cares? That's one of the worst feelings, too, when you just don't have any motivation and you're sad about it. What, what is your do? motivation? <laughs> How do we fix that? <laughs> for, for me, working out is my drug of choice. So I enjoy the challenge, the competition of it. But I look at the principles of self-development and improving my mental state more than just the body. So I think an interesting perspective with me is from me being overweight most of my life and me having man boobs. Did you have man boobs? A little bit. Oh. I can feel the trainer bar back in the day. <laughs> I feel like that's that would make me sad if I was a man. It what? did. It did. Does it? Yes. Oh. Wife beaters at the pool is sucks. <laughs> Right, I mean, that's like being a chunky woman at the pool wearing a swim, like a cover-up all the time, you know? It's the man version of wearing a cover-up all the time. You could be like Lizzo now. It don't matter. Right. I'll be fluffy (laughs) and and wide as shit. What's her fitness song? I love that one. She has a fitness song. Oh, oh, oh. Independent, athletic. (laughs) I don't know. I can't hear this. Doing calisthenics. I love that song. But I believe that part of my life, too, also allows me to connect with um, clients on a different level. I'm not just a guy that says you're terrible because you're not eating what you're supposed to. I'm like, okay, you had a moment. I understand. Right. You can't do that anymore if you want to make those results. But you know, how can we make your life easier? How can we get you there? Not just you suck. You're a bad person because right. you can't eat right. Cause I totally understand. What's nice about Melvin is he doesn't make you feel bad when you don't do what you should be doing. Like, I don't feel like I need to hide in the corner. I can at least come to him and say, okay, I'm not doing great. And then I'm not, I don't feel like I've just completely shamed the whole program. Right. <laughs> and like, I suck. It's just life, you know? And I never forget that I'm not perfect. So usually in a consultation, I tell clients that I 
I like honey buns with the white icing, and I turn the honey bun upside down <laughs> so the icing hits my tongue first. <laughs> I don't want to miss any kind of sugar, <laughs> so I still have fat boy issues. So like you can you can be honest with me. You That's know? technique, right? <laughs> hey, you gotta get it right. Okay, so tell us about your gym. How, um, where's your space? Because when I started working with you, we were in like a little side side piece, and now you've got like a whole shebang. Yep, I was first um, independent contracting, renting space at two other private gyms. Now I have my own place. It's about a thousand square feet um, next to St. Augie University on the southeast side of Raleigh. All right. um, so it's just big enough for me right now. Um, taking my time, trying to make baby steps. And grow. It's nice and intimate, and you get the whole like more mm-hmm. fitness vibe in there. It's like red. It's got your workout mm-hmm. stuff. It's got. I've seen your videos. It's cool. cool it looks thanks. nice in there. It's and it's nice in there. That's that's the goal because I could have started at a bigger space, but I'm definitely enjoying the more. It's a better relationship between the clients and it's privacy. I have curtains up so you don't have to worry about nobody, a guy standing at the window looking at your butt the whole time. <laughs> right. Um, that's can, important. That is. Yeah, <laughs> you can have whatever kind of conversation you want to to let it out. So it becomes a, it's a lot of therapy that goes on in my studio, too. So I definitely enjoy that. My hand is raised over here. <laughs> yes, I've had moments. I was like, the last session, I was like, I don't want to work out. I just want to talk about this. Can we just talk about it? He was like, sure, that works. So Lindsay is planning on setting her up a home gym for my husband. Okay. Oh, <laughs> it's not for you. Uh, she's gonna get in there. We're gonna maybe make this probably. Happen. We're gonna make this happen. My way of working out is just different than his. So he's a weightlifter, mm-hmm. and our house that we live in now has a detached garage with a concrete floor, which is really nice because he can finally have his weight stuff. So one of my projects lately has been working on setting up the garage for him and trying to get the weight tree. He's got like an Olympic size weight set okay. and a bench. And that's pretty much all he has. He just, he's fine with weights. Mm-hmm. Like he- so what do you suggest as a trainer what for like I start off quit? Like, yeah, like that, all that stuff. <laughs> other than my crafts. Clear. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what I did buy though. So I bought myself a weighted hula hoop. Yes, I'm Y'all waiting know on I'm that. I'm a hippie like that. No, I have it. You got it. Yeah, it's so, so she's cute. gonna be hula hooping in the yard while Leanne is playing. There's a lot of cool things you can do hula hooping, like but it's weighted. Dancing. How many weights? How many it's weights? How many pounds? pounds? It's two pounds. Okay, and you, you don't want to... it to be too heavy, but it the heavier the hula hoop is, the easier it is to get the motion, and the longer you can do it, which is the key when you're gyrating like that. I guess <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like belly dancing. So, and then my husband for Valentine's day, my gift this year was a light up hula hoop, which is like your typical hula hoop. It's not weighted. There's no weight to it at all, but it does light up, which will be fun for at nighttime. Okay. <laughs> when so I'm outside by myself right? <laughs> in my fenced in yard, you right. see the hula hoop going. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is there a certain type of training that you like or going for? I'm more of like a yoga Pilates person. Also, I am. I mean, <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Why is that funny? It's not. <laughs> I hate you. So, <laughs> um, I, you I, am, say, like, I am a little bit competitive, though. So, like, if it is, like, a group thing. We I'm, were talking about that yesterday. Yeah. Like, I'm one of those people who, like, my first reaction is I'm a, a solo workout person. Like, I never did team sports. Mm-hmm. I was always a swimmer. So, it's, like, personal sports, you gotcha. know. But as far as. I prefer, I think, full body things. So I really like swimming. I'm not a pole dancer, but I did a pole dancing class. And like, I'm pretty convinced that if I ever spent money on something, I would do a pole fitness class. So both of those are full body. And so is Pilates and yoga. Um, Pilates is expensive. Yeah, but YouTube that. But my thing is, I I guess I just don't really have any motivation. (laughs) 
Also, I have a toddler. <laughs> so, I mean. You could lift Leanne. Jeez. My child is bigger than other children. That's what I'm saying. You use her as Why a part of your workout. Why would I lift her? <laughs> to, as a part of your workout. She's what, like 30 no, she pounds? she wiggles. Tell her to stop wiggling. <laughs> Hold still. Mama needs a barbell. <laughs> yeah. Right. Just up and down, up and down. So, do you suggest any equipment or does I'm, it matter? Or I'm thinking of like kettlebells, maybe some slam balls. What's a slam ball? Weighted balls that you, it's a thick rubbery ball. They have different levels of weight ranging from maybe five pounds to up to even maybe 30 pounds. You I think I've seen those, but I didn't know what it was. And you squat yeah. it up. Slam it, it up, on the ground. Slam it like you're mad. So it's kind ah, of a That would make me feel like a movement. like a Scottish person lifting rocks or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> that works too. Don't they do like what is that shot put? Why do I think it's I think I know what you mean. Kilts and like it's <laughs> like swing a hammer or something like that. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I've seen like the strongman competitions where they throw like a telephone pole. Right. That kind yeah. of stuff. Ooh. Strongman. I don't yeah. see me doing that. <laughs> it's next year. You'll be ready. <laughs> no. <laughs> Your website oh, is awesome. So nice. it's melvinmorefitness.com. It looks really cool, man. Appreciate Isn't it, it awesome? Yeah. Booty sculpt with it. body sculpting and booty building. I was like, yes, for the butts. Yeah, yeah I like that. I like the the butt focus. You like can you, do you have like just a butt we workout? We just found the title yeah, of the what? episode. <laughs> right. I like the butt focus. <laughs> oh. I am working on uh if um like a eight week butts and gut butts and guts program. Okay. So I'm working on that. So it's gonna be butts like and a, guts day is no no joke. You know You're what like this a- just reminded me of? I'm sorry, it's ADD again. So <laughs> one time I lost my phone and I was <laughs> I was with my friend Jasmine and I was like, Can you call my phone? And she called it and like from across the room you hear this ass, 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 ass. Is that the <laughs> Yeah? I was like, I hate you. <laughs> you gave me the ass song. Thanks. <laughs> Well, you have a little Story juicy booty back there, yeah. so it's okay. <laughs> like, it's okay. All right, so where do we find you, Melvin? Um, and I'm, wait, I just, there's like 50 other things that I want to ask, and you're just running out of time, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, go ahead. Where do we find you, um, Melvin? Definitely MelvinMoreFitness.com, YouTube, Melvin Moore Fitness, but the place that I'm the most active is Instagram, Melvin Moore Fitness altogether. Oh, yes, and we didn't get to talk about that, so super into motivational speakers motivational yes just movies. overall self-development Motivation. wealth building I, I always like to say i take more pride in changing more minds than bodies because the body is usually a reflection of the mind damn right so, so i'm soggy right now other than where we can <laughs> find you let's say mm-hmm. that somebody is listening to your episode on the sleuth mm-hmm. and they're like dang i really like his i like Voice. the way he sounds yeah <laughs> what what would be the next step for that person if they decided that they they would be interested in talking to you and seeing maybe are you the trainer for them they could go to the my website and fill out the contact me form and send me an email and i'll get back to them as soon as i can i think it'd be cool too if uh listeners out there just say that you heard him on the sleuth. That'd be cool. Can we get something? Can you give them 5% off? Sure. <laughs> Jamie. <laughs> I don't want to take away his spot. money. Yeah. But, you know, he's entrepreneuring and all. So, you know, we don't want to be free that'd or be anything. That'd be cool. Okay. That'd be so awesome. go Dave, to Melvin Moore Fitness's website. Was it melvinmorefitness.com? Yes. And in his contact me section, say that you heard his episode on the sleuth and you'll get 5% off of a day with Melvin. That's kind of cool. And t- change your life. Change your life. Change your butt. Change your butt. Change your body. <laughs> change, change your, your life. Change your butt. <laughs>
I like that better. That's yeah, change episode. your life, change your butt. <laughs> Done. I love it. So, well, sad. I think it's over. Do you have anything that you want to tell us? Is there anything that we missed? Well, there's a lot of stuff that we missed, but we're just going to go for a little bit. Mm. I need like two hours. Can we have a two hour show? What is that? We'll definitely have. Okay. Yeah, nothing weird though. Hit the main stuff. All right. Well, I love Melvin. He's awesome. And I will. Yeah, it was so nice to finally meet you after yes. all the time. I've all the, about all the many time. episodes you have been mentioned where Jamie's like, oh, my trainer, Melvin Moore. Yeah, he's he's my <laughs> trainer. And then we keep talking. There's like five of those. Shout out to like. Melvin. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have him on the show one day. And that was today. Yeah, now he's here. Yay. Yay. Okay. And full Definitely apparel. Go back and that was super cool. All the episodes now. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what I ask every time. Have you listened to the episode? Because I always talk about my people. You know what I'm saying? I care to. You know what? Um, shout out if you're still listening, my girl Abby. So y'all hey, know. Abby. Hey Abby. So uh, just like you were just saying, you know, we we do talk about our lives. We talk about generally our week. We talk about what's going on with us personally and outside of private investigations, and the whole thing with bachelorette party and the wedding and all that stuff. And I told my friend Abby, I was like. Girl, she needs to be listening to my episodes because I've been over here talking shit and people want to know what happens next. <laughs> and the next week, Abby came and she was like, oh, I've been listening to your show. And I said, oh, that's awesome. What episode did you listen to? And she was like, oh, well, I've heard all of them. I was like, shit, in a week? A yes. week? That's so cool. So that's dedication, man. That is dedication. We She's love my a best good friend. I love binge podcast. <laughs> Sometimes I get tired of hearing voices. I don't know if I could hear us for that many hours. So we love Abby for that. Thank yeah, you, Abby. Thank you, Abby. Shouts out to Abby. Get you a shirt. Oh, we have a shirt for you. But of course, okay. I forgot it because ask Joe how long it took him to get his shirt. <laughs> it was like a month. I wore my shirt yesterday. I was like, one day off. Yes. Did you take a picture? No, I didn't. Well, we already have a I picture. I don't take a picture. I want another one. I'm a guy. I don't take selfies. It's not my thing. <laughs> <laughs> Just so the shirt. We'll get you a shirt and then you're going to have to like, we'll come in like the gym and I'll, can we do one workout in the gym and I'll wear my sure. shirt? Thank you. I'm going to tag you all my stories, my IG stories. And yes, he That'd does. Cool. And my kid is getting ready to go see Melvin, so we're going to get him off. Oh. So this is a new, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So this is a new, I'm giving you a new category. Is he your only kid? Will he be your only yes. mm-hmm. child? That's yes. awesome. So the child of mine, who I love ever so dearly, twisted his ankle playing basketball and went and made sure that it wasn't broken. It's not broken, but it's like really badly sprained. And so I came to Melvin. I was like, his whole thing was I wanted it to mom sign me up for Melvin. I love Melvin, but Melvin is, you know, costly. And so not that costly, but it's a bill. But right? you're 16. But you're 16. And <laughs> right, I've already overspend on you. If I'm going to be paying for Melvin for you, you need to be on it. So they had a meeting. That's what you want to call it. James didn't do too much talking, but I did most of the speaking for him. But that's okay. That's the life of a 16-year-old kid, right? So, and Melvin's going to help him get his ankle strengthened back up and fix him so that he can go out and be this beast on the court like he wants to be. So, I don't need my child to be. I was so upset when he twisted his ankle again. So, he twisted it again after he wasn't supposed to go back and he thought that, happens that he knew to ankles, more. So you twist it once. I mean, it's just kind of weakened. But I thought he had good, strong ankles because we were Taekwondo. He did Taekwondo and had his black belt. So I was like, I've been paying for these ankles for like 10 years. <laughs> like, you just twist it all of a sudden and now you're just like out for the count. But I guess he didn't break it, right? So yeah. and, that and was... Usually it's a little overly sensitive for about the next six months, just the nerves and the tendons and yeah. stuff like that. Well, I pulled him out. I told him no more basketball. So right. you're just going to have to like sit it out and make sure that you're fixed before we go back so well fun things 
of course, as always, and I'm sad that we're having to leave. But please make sure that you follow the Instagram, the Sleuth underscore podcast. Lindsay's got a new awesome marketing thing coming out there, and we want to know what you think. So what would you do if blah, blah, blah. So check out the Instagram so you can see what the post is going to be. I know. Please participate, people. Yeah, you might get to hear your answer put on air. So what we're going to do is we're going to be posting hypothetical scenarios on social media, and we're hoping that people will comment what they would do in that situation. And if it's a really genius answer, we might read it. If it's a really stupid answer, we might read it. Or if it's really funny, I don't know. But any like eye-catching answers, I'd really like to read those on air. Unless you want to just say, here's what I would do. Please don't read it. Right. We'll respect your privacy. Whatever you want. We're all about confidentiality here. So thanks for listening. We love you. We'll be back next week. See you next week. Black Men Detective Services. Check out our website at blackmanpi.com and follow us on Facebook. We don't sleuth shame. Subscribe to The Sleuth on your favorite podcast app if you really want to know.